Isn't he good? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you made it this morning. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you made it. Yeah. We're just glad to have you in the house this morning and uh, excited. I know many families have been struggling with this sickness, but praise God, some of you have recovered. Amen. And uh, you're on the other side. Some are still going through it. We need to pray for them, get them through. Amen, church. Uh, I want to scripture that came to my heart this morning as we prepare our hearts to give is out of uh, Romans eleven thirty six, and it says, "For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things." Did you get that? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. And. See, you got to understand that God is your source. I remember he showed this to me right after I got saved. I, was, I, had, a, I had a great job, and God was providing for me. And, um, and, you know, you see on that paycheck, when we used to get, like, actual paper paychecks, you remember those days? Before they just started putting it directly in your account. But you'd see the company's name and logo, and they were paying you. But the Lord says, don't you know I'm your source? They're, they're the means, but I'm the, I'm the provider. I'm the source. And when you see that, that everything, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, amen, with, with whom there is no shadow of turning. And he's a giver of good gifts. And then when you see that he is your supplier and he is your provider, it's life-changing. I thought you'd get excited about that. Yeah. Life-changing, <laughs> Amen. And, and when you step into that place, of, especially in particular to finances, I mean, there are so many scriptures on finances because the Lord is concerned with it, not because he cares about money, but he cares about your heart. He cares about your heart. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And see, where we're invested and we're with our time, our treasure, our talents, it's not just your money, it's what we invest ourselves into. And I want to be invested in his kingdom. And this morning, I'm thankful. We got amazing reports from some of our missionaries, uh, particularly Pastor Kalebi in Fiji. Incredible evangelism going on right now. And we're going to give more and more on that uh, in our Mission Sunday in two weeks. But just this gospel is going forth. I mean, they've been restricted. Those churches in Fiji uh, have been restricted by the COVID restrictions. And many pastors can't meet in the building. So they said, well, we'll just go to them. And they're bringing the gospel to these villages and they're seeing salvations and miracles. And so I praise God for that. Isn't that good? Let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Come on. That we can be just a part of what he's doing there. What a part of what he's doing in Africa, part of what he's doing in the uttermost parts of the world, because he's called us to be witnesses, not only in Jerusalem here in Judea, your neighborhood, your family in Samaria. That's the some area that you're not comfortable going to. And then to the uttermost parts of the world. Amen. That's what he calls us to. And so as we, as we just acknowledge him this morning, and that he is my supplier, that he is my provider, that he's the one who's really making the way in my life. And it says through him. You see, through him, and there's a dependency there. And even in my area of finances, I want to be dependent on him. In every decision. It's not mine. If I see a life of stewardship... If I understand my life that way, then I understand it's not mine. And Lord, what do you want me to do with this and be obedient? And I'm cheerful in doing that because I know God will take care of me. I know that if I'm obedient, he's going to bless obedience. 
and to him are all things. So my life and everything I am is for his glory, for his honor, and for his praise. Amen. And that's the attitude and the posture we give with this morning. Praise God. So with that, can you just stand one more time? I know we like to stand and sit in here a lot. It's okay. Some of you are tired. You aren't more, you're not more tired than me. I guarantee it. So let's... So just stand and let's just praise him. And we have the ushers come as we prepare our giving this morning. We give with cheerful hearts because it's not a have to, it's a get to. Come on, right, church? That's the attitude. It's a get to give. I'm excited to give because he's a giving God and I want to be like him. And I want to be a giver, not just in my tithes and offerings, but I want to be a giver as he makes way and he gives me seed and I sow into the kingdom of God. Father, thank you this morning that you're providing Thank you, Lord. As we look forward to this year, Lord, we look forward with expectation and with praise and with thanksgiving and with cheerfulness in our hearts because, God, you are giving and you are pouring out, not just in the areas of finance, but in every area of our lives, Lord. Lord, help us to be those who recognize you as the source, who recognize you as the supply, who recognize you as our provider, Jehovah Jireh. We want to give you some praise this morning because you're worthy of it. Thank you, Lord. And so we give with thanksgiving. We thank you that you will bless, you will multiply this offering and these tithes for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Bibles this morning. My wife said not to be too short. She's got a plan in the kids' ministry that she needs to get through. So uh, I'm just counting. She said, if you go too short, I won't get my awesome. I mean, it looks awesome in there. I mean, some of us wish we were in there this morning. I'm excited uh, for what is happening in kids' ministry. Amen. Um, but uh, how many have ever heard that term, in over your head? Anyone, anyone been there before? Oh, I'm going to raise my hand on that one. Um, but it's an idiom, right? To be in, in over your head in something is used when one is too deeply involved with something or someone or has some difficulties or problems, more difficulties or problems than one can manage. Yeah. You've been there? <laughs> In over your head, it's too much for me to handle. And um, life just has a way of doing that. Most of us have been in over our heads at some point. It makes sense that the origin of the idiom in, in over your head can be found in antiquity. It is believed to have been first used sometime during the 1600s. As few 
average Europeans could swim during this period. So being in water deeper than your head was to be in serious trouble. And so it reminded me as I was thinking of this morning, thinking through that and just meditating on deeper, going deeper this year, because I believe that's the word of the Lord for this year for us as a church is going deeper. And I was thinking of my son when he was a toddler and barely two years old and we went to a hotel and it was our first time taking him to a swimming pool and my son is uh, kind of addicted to adrenaline and that started at a young age <laughs> and we got to that hotel and we got down to the pool area and we barely had gotten through the doors and he just bolted and jumped right into the hot tub and so I'm chasing him down. I'm like, man, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we hadn't even got ready. He just jumped in. There was no fear. Just I'm going in all the way. And then we got him out of the hot tub. And uh, before we knew it, he had ran and jumped into the deep end of the pool. And I'm like, we're going to have to have our A game today. This kid is going to... He's going he's gonna to get in the water with it, whether we like it or not. We better do it with him and help him through this process. But he just was just determined to get in the water. He was determined to get in the deep end, and he didn't care. He had no care about what it meant to his health or his safety. Did you hear that? And now, it made us uncomfortable, but he was perfectly fine. Until he realized, I, I, I can't get any hair. <laughs> then that, cha- that story changed. But, um, you know, in praying for this year, I just, heard, I just kept hearing the Spirit of the Lord say one word. And this really, this morning, is a prophetic word. It's for us, I believe, as a church and where he really wants us to go. I mean, what a, what a service last week. Amen? Isn't God good? And um, I was talking to my dear friend, David Sawyer. Over here, and he says, he says we watched online. And he goes, it was glorious. And he said, uh, he said, I'm just thankful that the management makes room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, I was thinking about that, going, well, you know, it's really, it's his church. He's the head, amen. So he's the CEO, the CFO, the COO, all that stuff. <laughs> And the chairman of the board is Jesus. He's the head of the church. And so, you know what? We just want to be people who will be obedient and move with him. And so, and I was thinking about, you know, it's a scary place to be to go to deep waters, even as a church. Sometimes we're afraid to go to these places because we're like, I've never been here before. I don't know what this will be like. Well, I'm with you, okay? And sometimes it just means letting go of control, letting go and letting God really just really just take us to places where he wants to take us in the spirit. Amen. And in, in what he has for us as a church and as a people. And so with that said, I really want to go to this vision that Ezekiel has in chapter 47. It's really continuing the vision that started in chapter 40 and goes through the end of the book of Ezekiel. It's an incredible vision. God takes Ezekiel and shows him these things about the house and about the, the, uh, Jerusalem and the temple and, and, and the worship and, and the, the river of God. So many things 
in this, in this, in this uh, segment of scripture that I, I, I can't, I don't have time to cover all today, but I want to focus on this one thing, the river of the Lord. And let's just pray. Father, we thank you. And Lord, we want to be a people who are going to dive in to all that you have for us. That's our heart this morning. We say, Holy Spirit, move and flow in this place. Flow in our hearts. Lord, we just surrender and submit to you this morning and ask you to speak to our hearts for this year. God, I thank you for encouragement. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you, Lord, that you, you build us up and you strengthen us for what is ahead, God, and that you bring refreshing when we need it. So, Lord, we just ask, bring a refreshing this morning upon your people. Even those who aren't here this morning, we pray against sickness and these things over households. Father, in the name of Jesus, we curse disease and sickness. We take authority over that, God, and we just speak your life, your health, your healing in the name of Jesus. We, we declare Psalm 91, says, no plague shall come near their dwelling. Lord, and just remove all sickness and all symptoms. Go in Jesus' name. Let strength and virtue come into their bodies. Let your resurrection power quicken people this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. We read in verse 1, he says, Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house towards the east, for the house faced east, and the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the house and from south of the altar. And he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate by the way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. And so as we, we look at this, we see Ezekiel's vision. And, you know, this, it says in chapter 40 that this vision was given to him in the 25th year of exile. So they've been, they've been going through it for a while. They've been booted. They've been um, out, of, out of Israel out of, and brought into the land of ba Babylon, and, and the Assyrians have taken them out. And so here they are, and this is in the midst of this sadness, this mourning, this loss, this sense of um, grieving over what's been lost in the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. And th this, this is where God begins to speak and bring vision into their hearts. Because God wants to show us stuff in the midst of everything that's going on, the chaos in our world. The bad stuff, the good stuff, no matter what it is, God wants to speak and give us vision in the midst of that. Aren't, aren't you thankful for that this morning? The Bible says that without revelation, without vision, people perish. And it's the speaking of God. It's his speaking actively to us and showing us things. And I believe as we come into this new year, he wants to show us some things and he wants us to really reach for what he has and really flow with what he has. And so as, as, as he's seeing this vision, it says in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 40, there was a guide and he was like bronze. He was like an angel and he was leading Ezekiel through this vision. And he gets to this place and um, begins to show him the temple, the house, and out of it is flowing, trickling water. And I want you to see this morning, this is a spiritual, symbolic uh, interpretation that I'm giving this morning. But it's a, spirit, it's, a, it's a vision for our lives. It's a vision for how we walk with the Lord. Amen? That there is a river, and that river is a type, and a, a type of the Holy Spirit operating in our life. 
It's a type of the Holy Spirit operating in our life. And I want you to see something because this water came out from the throne. Just like it talks about the river that comes from the throne of God in Revelation 22 in, in, the, in, time, in, in the kingdom of God when he comes. But there is a river that flows from the throne. So its source is from the throne. Its source is from the holy of holies, the place where Jesus, the, the, the Lord is. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes forth in our life. And then it says that it, its course, it talks about its course, that it went around the altar. Which to us is the picture of Christ's sacrificial death for us. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the cross? Aren't you thankful for his resurrection? Aren't you thankful that he was ascended to the right hand of the Father and he sent forth his Holy Spirit? Because before it could be poured out, he had to ascend. And so the course of the river comes by the altar. And then I love this because it's not like most rivers. It starts with a trickling, but it's a continual flow because the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped flowing since Pentecost. It's a continual flow. And the nature of this river is it's increasing and rising. Increasing and rising. And it's extending. Come on. It's going forth. And it's a picture of the Holy Spirit's work in the earth that it increases over time. The river of God, this river that God is so wants us to walk into, to be flowing in this morning. And I look to John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, where Jesus says, or says about Jesus in Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts is thirsty. Is there some thirsty people here this morning? Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers, not just a trickling, but a rivers of living water. And it goes on to say in verse 39, he spoke of the Holy Spirit who was to come, but hadn't happened yet until he ascended. So God wants a flow in our lives, and it's an outward flow. It's not a stagnant pond. Come on. It's a flow of the Holy Spirit. Just as the river in the vision flowed from the temple, so it is in our lives when Jesus is Lord and when you believe on him. If you, he said, if you believe on me, river, rivers of living water shall flow out of you. But when we believe on him, those rivers begin to flow, but they flow from how he says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on. So this picture, this vision of, was of things to come. Now stick with me. I know, it's, I know it's a little deeper this morning, but can we go a little deeper? Is that okay? Now we go on in verse 3 of, of Ezekiel chapter 47. He says, When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the water. Water reaching the ankles. Somebody say the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water. Water reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Some of you don't know where that is, but I'll, I'll help you. 
Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not ford or pass through, is what it says. For water had risen enough water to swim in. How many like swimming? <laughs> I know it's winter in the Northwest, and that's the last thing on your mind. But if when you get into that water and you're on a nice river and you're flowing in it, oh, it just feels great. It's refreshing. Water enough to swim in a river that could not be forded. He says it again. But I'll, I'm going to take a detour for a moment because the Lord spoke to me this week. He gave me a, a picture as I was just rejoicing in the afterglow of the, Lord's, the Spirit of the Lord's moving on Sunday and just thanking him for that. He gives me this picture on Monday, and it's a picture of a hungry child. And the hungry child had his hands extended out, and you could see this desperation in his eyes. And the Lord said, would you say no to him? I said, Lord, of course not. I'd feed him. And he says, neither will I say no to my children when they hunger for me. Neither will I say no. He says, if you, being, if you fathers being evil know how to give good, good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will our heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? There's an asking. There's a wanting. There's a hunger. God does not reject hunger. Hunger attracts the presence in the river of God. Thirsting after him. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, Lord, we thirst for you. And this deeper experience that God's calling us to, right? It's great to talk about the things of God and to know them in your head, but God wants you to live them experientially. Did you hear that? See, a lot of Christians have a lot of right beliefs and they can tell you scripture after scripture, but they have not been in the waters. And what does that look like? It's a deeper experience. It, it talks about, it speaks of the progressive spiritual experience we have as we're walking with the Lord. You see, it was a thousand cubits. And then he went to the knees. Another thousand cubits and he went to the Loins, another thousand cubits, and he went to the full immerse, you know, full swimming, swimming water. Over your head. Over your head. <laughs> That's where I want to be. That was about cubit. I, I have to correct this because I think I said before it was something like three feet. It's actually a foot and a half. So that means it's about a little over a mile <laughs> to get to that fullness in this vision turn to somebody ain't that far tell them that it's not that far it's not that far amen i'm just trying to keep you with me it's all good do you know that this passage of scripture i will say this uh I, a commentator said this passage is so mysterious to jews that they won't let somebody read it until they're over 30 these eight chapters of vision. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't get to verify that or not, but it, it, it's, that's the way they treat it. And yet I believe by the Spirit, how many know that? By the Spirit, He reveals things to us. And these are applicable for, I love the prophetic, is that it's applicable for now, and it's applicable for in the future, and it's applicable for eternity. 
You see that? He said it was like a, Ezekiel had a vision of a wheel within a wheel, and as you watch that wheel turn over time, that prophetic word at a given point in time is beginning to have application in different points. And so this is speaking to us this morning, and so it speaks of a progressive spiritual experience. And here's the, the waters are increasing, and we are being, notice that he is being led by the angel, and so it is for us as the sons and daughters of the Most High. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit are children of God. So the question is, who's leading you, and in what direction? Because when the Holy Spirit is leading you, he's leading you to new depths in him. Did you hear that? He's leading you to new depths in him. And it might be scary, but the whole, when you get to know him, you love him and you know he loves you and he's only taking you to places that are good. All right, you guys are quiet. All right, keep going. I know for this this morning, I am not satisfied with where I'm at. No, don't understand. I'm content in the Lord, but I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I've left, but I've not arrived. So for me personally, this is a desire in my heart this morning. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. I don't want to resist what you want to do, Holy Spirit, in my life. Take me to the deeper waters. The Christian walk is like this. You started. I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. We have a whole, you know, I was having conversations with friends recently, and we were talking about experiences of, of revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we experienced in our lifetime. Different times, it was wonderful. Different, different seasons of, of revival and, and God pouring out His Spirit on the church and, and some strange things that happened. I mean strange things. I mean, God goes beyond our understanding. You know what I mean? Romans 11 says this, how rich are the depths, right, of his wisdom and his knowledge. And it says that they are beyond searchable, beyond fathomable. <laughs> Come on. There's some things we're not going to know until the other side. We're not going to understand, but we trust him because we know him. Now, that's not to say when you have a hunger and you're willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and a thirsting for him, he will begin to reveal things to you and and begin to make things real to you. But here's what I want to say this morning. It's time to take the measure of our spiritual lives. Every once in a while, I like it at the New Year. Everybody else is doing New Year resolutions, but I want to take a moment this morning and say, what's the measure of the depth of our spiritual life? And listen, I'm not determining it by my own assessment. The Lord is the one who has the measuring stick. He's the one who says, you're really this deep, but I want to take you that deep. This is where you're at presently, but I want to take you to the next place. There is a prayer of examine. There is a prayer where we ask God, Lord, this show me the reality of my walk with you. And that's that shouldn't be scary because God, if He shows you something that needs to change, He's so loving. Are you with me, church? He's so loving. He invites us. It's an invitation. He's not going to force you into the waters. 
It's an invitation to go deeper. You have a choice. You can remain on shallow ground. You can remain close to the shore where it's safe. You can stay in the kiddie pool. Come on, church. When is the last time you took an honest assessment of our spiritual life? I hope that I'm deeper now today than I was yesterday, than I was in 2021. I want to be deeper this year. And I want to look at the end of this year and say, man, God, you took me to deep places. Thank you, Lord. We've got to ask ourselves, how deep are the waters of us as a church? I'm not afraid to ask that church. And Lord, take us deeper. I don't want services like Sunday, church. This is my heart, okay? I don't want services like Sunday to be a flash in the pan and then we just go on back to business as usual. I want a continual flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it comes from individuals who are thirsting and saying, I want the rivers of living water to flow from my life. The degree to which we enter the life of the Spirit is determined by the degree to which we are willing to trust and relinquish control. See, here's the thing. There's a lot of Christians in churches today who are sitting and they're listening to the Word and they're going through the motions every week, but they're still the ones running their lives. And if you want depth, you're going to have to say, Lord, I'm letting go and I'm following you and I'm willing to go to a place where I can't control it anymore. It's scary. Some of you, like, that's scary. I like having control because there's fear. There's things that are in our lives that we're not even aware of. And, you know, when you go to deep places, the, he makes those, he, those things get revealed. That invitation comes, you're like, why am I hesitant? Why, am I, why can't I let go of this thing? Because... You didn't know it was there until that invitation came. A.W. Tozer, from his book, The Deeper Life, he says this, the deeper life is deeper only because the average Christian life is tragically shallow. Now, that's not condemnation. That's an invitation. Because we've... I, I look at the New Testament experience. I look at the book of Acts, and I say, Lord church today where we are at today versus that we've got some depth we need to get to in him to what degree do you want the life and power of the holy spirit to flow in your life don't be afraid to let go don't be afraid to get in over your head the mo- this morning the lord wants to free you from that fear i said the lord wants to free you from that fear of letting go I tried being in control. Somebody said, how'd that go for you? How's that working? It did not work well. It was not good. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) But no, we come to that realization, but we're still holding on to certain areas. I want to continue to yield and let go more and more each day. Leaving the shallow waters. Well, You see, what are the shallow waters? That's a place of being stationary. We are still able to withstand the force of the river of God's presence because we can still stand on our own. We aren't moving and flowing with the Spirit of God, but rather stuck. 
That's when we're not moving forward. We are in the place of going through the motions in our spiritual lives. Can anyone identify with this this morning? All of us have been here at some point. But we haven't yet fully lost ourselves in Him. It's a place of safety. You, you know, we are living in a world. And this mindset that's in the world gets and creeps in and into the church that safety is more important than everything else. Man, you can hear a church mouse. <laughs> safety is more important than anything else. Man, I'm glad the apostles didn't believe that. Man, I'm glad Jesus didn't believe that. <laughs> he said, for the joy set before me endured the cross. He gave up safety, comfort, a seat in heaven. Come on. And yet we're afraid of so many things. And that's the culture, that's the environment, that's the mindset that we are, find ourselves in. If we're not careful, we begin to conform to that and not yet be transformed by the renewing of our minds and get God's mindset. Where he says over and over and over again, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Control. We still maintain control of our lives, not fully surrendered and are able to, and are, <clears throat> we are afraid to lose control and fully trust him with it. I want to talk about the phases of going deeper. Look at this. It's in, he goes, the first place he went a thousand cubits and they were ankle deep. Now see, it's not bad to, to be ankle deep, but you don't stay there. Here's what I'm going to say this morning. This is, this is getting our feet wet. You like that? You like when you go in there and you're like, oh, I'm going to test the waters a little bit. Come on. You've been next to a river and it's cold. And you're like, I'm going to test the waters a little bit. We were at a youth camp one time. We, we, had, we couldn't find a place to stay. So our youth camp ended up being at the Mount Baker Lodge. All right? And uh, it was July, but there was still snow. And so we found this place where the snow, there was snow on the hillside and there was, a, there was a lake and there was jumping places, right? It was melting snow, ice water in this lake. And you had some, you had some people, kids going, hey, yeah, I'm good. When they jumped in, they were just like screaming and I mean, they're getting out really quick. You know what I'm saying? But they were fully submerged. And they're like, man, I feel alive. <laughs> and that snowy, ice cold water but some of us are just like, okay, I'm going to get my feet wet. Well, I want you to see this is part of the Christian walk. When we first get saved, right, God begins to deal and, sh and, and begin to deal with our walk. Touching that place of where we walk our spirit, our, our, and, and the practicality, the sanctification of our practical life. And, and, you know, you begin to walk different. You're no longer walking in the counsel of the ungodly. But you're walking in his counsel and his direction and you're learning how to trust in him and you, you the, the people you hang out with look it's different now because you're saved and they don't want to hang out with you anymore anybody experience that you're in a different crowd you're in a different community and 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 you're beginning to walk different and your behavior's different the things you used to desire you don't desire anymore can anybody say amen and then god gives you new desires and he's dealing with the walk and that's where we're cleansed it's it's a good place to start, but we don't stay there. 
We're learning to trust God and walk by faith and not by sight. We're starting to get understanding in the scripture and to a certain depth. Just as Ezekiel was led by the guiding of the Lord through the waters, so we are led by the Spirit through the healing, life-giving waters, but understanding He's always wanting to take us deeper. Then he says, a thousand more cubits, and they were knee-deep water. It was knee-deep water. And I think of knees, and I think of this right here. I think of that place of prayer and devotional life that begins to get established in you. And you see your prayer life starting to get deeper. It's not just about you asking God for this or that. I talked to somebody and they said, hey, yeah, my prayer life's changed. I don't just talk at God anymore. We're having a conversation. I'm listening to him. I'm hearing his voice. That's life-changing. A place of devotion and hearing his voice and that place of intercession. God begins to give you his heart to pray for others. It's not just about you anymore. It becomes about other people. You begin to re- pray for other people. How many, know, how many want to go a little deeper in your prayer life this year? Or give me your heart. I believe this. When we, when we, when we concern ourselves with his business, he'll take care of your business. When we concern ourselves with him and what he wants, he takes care of the rest. Remember that Keith Green song? Some of you are a little bit older. He'll take care of the rest. He'll do it. I don't remember. I can't remember. But he will. He'll take care of the rest. And so this is knee deep speaks to that place of devotional life and prayer where you're getting deeper and you're beginning to feel the currents. You're beginning to feel those currents in your life. But not quite yet being moved. And then he says a thousand more cubits and they went to waist deep. Waist deep. And it, and it says loins deep. How many, okay, I'll try to say this carefully, but how many know when you walk into cold water, you're not truly there until it reaches waist deep. I mean, you might as well be fully committed at that point. And if it's a river that's moving, you're starting to feel the push, okay? You're like, oh, I'm there now. I'm there. And this is a place because the loins are the place of strength. In Bible language, it's the lower back area. So really what's happening is there's more of you in the water than not. It's a place where we find the power of the Spirit-filled life. We begin to understand what it means to walk in the Spirit. Begin to see His gifts begin to go operate in our life. His fruit begin to manifest love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things begin to manifest in our life. And we're like, this is amazing. And on occasion, if you've been in a strong current, you know that when you're standing there and it's above your waist, you got, you got to do some of this. You start to feel that pull, that current, that force. It's a wonderful place. You experience the spirit-filled life with the fruits. You know, and see, we, God, I believe this year, God wants us to go deeper in the gifts of the spirit as a church. 
And that's individuals looking at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, desire earnestly the spiritual gifts. And the deeper you get, the deeper those desires get for what he wants in your life. Amen? You still with me? All right? Okay. Good. We're going deeper. But there is always more depth in him. Then he says a thousand more cubits. And this is the place where it was, the river was above his head and he could not ford it or pass it. He's fully immersed. You guys have been wondering. I've been hanging out with my wife a lot and getting ideas from her. So this was her idea. Life preserver. If you're going to get in the moving water, you've got to float right, right? Otherwise, you might get tossed around underneath and hit the rocks and all that stuff. So we had this experience, youth camp 2004, and we went on this river rafting trip, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and we were in the raft as groups and and we got to this place, and we're still level three rapids, right? They're still moving. They're still good. And, and uh, the guide says, hey, if you want to, you can jump out. And they're, they're, this isn't the right kind of life jacket this morning, but theirs had a pillow on the back. And so you could lean back, and you can float in the water. And you could see this apprehension on, you could see some people in the boat. No, I'm good. I'm not doing that. They saw those raging waters. They saw that forest. And they, they're like, no, I'm not doing that. But a few of us, you know, somebody always has to jump in first. Who's going to do that? And then one person jumped in, and he's like back there, and he's like, ooh, this is great. This is great. And so a few others start jumping in. They see, they see how much joy he has. Are you with me? They see him relaxed and just going with the flow. And so I jumped in, and I leaned back on that pillow, and I'm like, wow. I'm not going to, I mean, if I would have tried to fight that thing, forget it. That force was overwhelming. But when you submit to it, and you surrender to it, and you flow with it, it is refreshing. It's exciting. Come on. Life in the Spirit is exciting. If you're bored with your Christianity, it's time to go deeper. You just flow with him and where he wants to go. It's a place to surrender. You're no longer in control, but you have fully surrendered and yielded control to the Spirit of the Lord in your life. It's a place of sanctification. Look at this picture. You're fully saturated and wet. A picture of the fully saturated, spirit-filled life. Every part of you is saturated with Him. Every part of your life is saturated with Him. It's glorious. That's where I want to be. I want to be in over my head. I want to be beyond my control. I want to be in His control. I know I can't do it. But when we get in the river, then that's what happens in a, in, a play, in a time of God moving and His Spirit being poured out. As we get in the river, we begin to flow with Him, and it's refreshing, and it's renewing, and it's exciting. And we're seeing amazing things happen in His church and in His kingdom. How many want to get 
to swimming. We're also in a place of dependency. You see, in the river, we're no longer depending on our own strength to move. Are you with me? Our own abilities. But we've just yielded ourselves to his direction and his force and his push. We're letting the river determine the course of our life and the direction of our lives. Look, guys, it's scary. It's different. And you know what? Some of us this morning are dealing with this. You know what? I I hear you, but I'm not sure I want to go there. I'm good with knee deep. I'm good with waist deep. I don't know about swimming in, the, in, what, in God's river, but it's an invitation. And maybe what's going to happen is you're going to see some other people jumping in, and you're going to go, wait, that looks amazing. <laughs> I want what they have. I want to experience what they're experiencing. When you're around people who are full of the Holy Ghost, when you're around people who are full of the Holy Ghost, how many know that there's some splash on you? There's some flow on you. And you're like, man, what do they? I want to be there. They're seeing miracles. They're seeing signs and wonders. They're seeing fruit of the Spirit. They're seeing lives changed and salvations and healings. They're seeing it because they're in the flow of His Spirit. And that's what His Spirit does when we yield to Him. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's our strength. He's our advocate. Come on. He's all those things, church. And we want to be with Him. And so I'm going to... This morning, four things, oh, before I say that, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but flowing in the river. Four things I really believe the Lord wants us to reach for as a church this year and personally. Listen, Psalm 46, 4 says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You are the city of God, church. So if you're not glad this morning, go deeper. The holy dwelling places of the Most High. And what the next part of this vision, God begins to show Ezekiel the, where this river goes and the extent of it and how it's transforming and bringing change wherever it goes. So if you were not sure about getting in this river, you're not like, well, I don't know where this is going to take me. He says, Ezekiel, look, can you see it? He said to me in verse 6 and 7, he says, said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Oh, man, we could just stop right there. How many things God's trying to show us, and, and yet we don't see it? Whew. He's trying to give us vision. He's trying to show us what he sees, and we don't see it. Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river, very many trees on one side and the other. Woo! That's not normal in this part of the world. That's not normal. It's supernatural. Are you with me? Trees lining, many trees lining each side of this river. It's a special kind of river. So one of the things I believe God wants us to really focus on and reach for this year as a church is planting and growth. Planting and growth. Listen, the Bible says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the house. But see, 
You got to be willing to want that. You got to be willing to yield and let God plant you. And then Isaiah 61 says, is up, up here, the last part of 61 3 says, So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, in Psalm 70, in Psalm 1, David speaks of the righteous man. And how does he describe the righteous man? It's the man who delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he goes on to say, and he shall be like what? The tree firmly planted by the rivers of water. And even through the seasons, his leaves will not wither. He'll have fruit. That's the place I want to be. And that's the place God wants you to be is by that river in your roots deep and getting the nutrients of that life-giving, transformative power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a planting and it's a growing season for some of you to get established in the Lord and, and go deeper in, in, in the Word and deeper in prayer and deeper in this place so that you might grow and be trees of righteousness but as we as a church are yielding to the flow of the holy spirit we're going to see people boom 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 trees of righteousness being standing up established verse 8 says then he said to me this this water flows towards the eastern region region going down into the valley and enters the sea he's talking about the dead sea anybody ever seen the dead sea it's dead. In case you didn't know. No. There's nothing. There's no life. That salt, that noxious chemical kills everything. There's no fish. Nothing is dead. But when these waters of the river of God touch that place, everything changes. It transforms those waters. I love that. Because God's righteousness is more powerful than this, the things of this world. See, when the river of God is flowing out of your life and it touches this dead world, it's the dead world that changes, not you. Transformative power of God in this river. And you see, when the river of God's Holy Spirit touches those toxic, painful parts of our life, they're transformed. Those places that were dead become alive. Whew. Those toxic and stagnant areas where there's nothing, we're not experiencing the joy and peace in the Holy Spirit, can only be made sweet and healthy by the power of the Holy Spirit. And his river flowing. So number two is healing and restoration. I believe this is a year of deep healing and restoration in the church. Deep healing and restoration in the church. You heard Pastor Julia sharing in worship. God wants to touch those deep areas in our life. Why are we doing these classes? Why? Because God wants to touch the deep areas. We can't be okay unless we let him go deep. Deep healing and restoration. Jeremiah 30, 17 says this, For I will restore you to health, and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast, saying, It is Zion. No one cares for her. 
No, God's got other plans. You felt neglected. You felt tossed aside. You felt like an outcast. You felt like a zero. God says, no. God has a different view. I will heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. I will do a new thing in you. This is that year, I believe, that God wants to touch those deep wounds in our lives, to heal the broken hearts, to broken lives, and restore broken dreams. How many had some broken dreams you'd like to see God restore in your life? Don't give up. Let him go deep. Follow him to those deep places. I also feel, especially from the Lord, you saw that, you know what? I just want to say where we're at as pastors, we don't have this grandiose plan for what's next. We're just going by what the Lord shows us. It's called, when Pastor Lonnie was here, some of you were here with, when he was here at the end of June and talked about the revival in Lynch, Kentucky and sharing what the Lord did there, the transformative revival. You want to see, you want to see what happens when the river of God touches a community. That is, that is it. It's transformative. Everything comes to life. He heals the land. He heals people, the churches, the community, the business, the economy. Everything was touched by the river of God. But he told us one thing. He said, responsive planning. Look and see what God is doing and then respond to it. That's what the life of a Christian is. Why? Jesus set the example. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So I've got to be looking and seeing what the Father's doing. That's why the Lord had to ask, the guide had to ask Ezekiel, can you see this? Can you see what I'm doing? And as we're flowing with him, we see this this year. He wants to heal and restore families. He wants to heal and restore families. There is an all-out demonic onslaught against families. Against marriages, because marriages are the representation of the image of God in the earth. The representation, the picture of Christ and his bride, the church, is seen in the marriage. The devil wants to keep that under wraps. The devil wants to destroy that image. The devil wants to destroy the family. Because that nuclear family is the hope of this nation. You guys, quit looking to Washington, D.C. It starts in your house. Get your house. Let God do a deep healing in your household, in your family. And then it goes to other places. You see, that starts as a trickling. It starts as a trickling, but then it gains and it increases. That's how the move of God works. Some of you have experienced it in the trickling and you're, you're going, oh God, increase. Take me to deeper places this morning. Healing and restoration. Let's read on. I promise I'll check with my wife if it's been long enough. All right. Ezekiel 47, 9 says, And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. Somebody say, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for there will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. A second time in case you didn't hear it the first time. And then verse 10 he says, It shall be that the fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to it in Egleam. Probably butchered that. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, the Mediterranean sea, 
exceedingly many. That dead sea becomes alive, bubbling with life. One of the stories of transformative revival we heard was in Papua New Guinea, and God literally touched the waters. When he poured out his spirit, he touched the waters. The, the tribes there saw the waters beginning to move, and, and it looked like it was boiling, but it wasn't actually boiling. There was marine life that had returned to that area because the Lord was restoring. But he says there'll be many fish. I believe that speaks to evangelism. I believe that speaks to getting the catch this year. Come on. Bringing in the nets. He challenged the disciples as he was sitting in the boat and he was teaching them. And he got done teaching and he turns to Peter. Now he goes, hey, now go cast your nets in the deep place. Launch out into the deep place and cast your nets. And, and Peter's like, what? Did this carpenter just tell me, the professional fisherman, how to do this? I was toiling all night and caught nothing. Now he could have just stopped there, but I love Peter. He didn't stop. He says, at your word, Lord, I'll do what you said. So number three is revival and conversion. See, where the river flows, it's touching dead hearts. It's touching people who are lost and that transformative power of the gospel to change lives. It's transformative. How many can testify this morning, I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was dead in our, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, but, but, but he has made us alive in him. That's that transforming, reviving power of God to take the deadest, coldest heart and turn it to him. I just want to give you a vision to go deeper this morning, church. He has so much revival and conversion and, and people's lives being changed and cha turning souls being coming into the kingdom. That's always on God's agenda, but it depends mo many times on the church being willing to get in the river and flow. Then all the toiling... All the self-effort that has come up empty, we just lay that aside and we just grab the nets that God has and capture what he wants to catch. Praise God. Almost done. Ezekiel chapter 47, 11 through 12 says this, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. That's a whole message. They will be given over to salt. See, it's only in the areas that flow where there's life. It's only in the areas that flow. We're receiving, we're drinking, but it's flowing out. When it just collects and sits, it becomes stagnant, pond, scummy water. In this case, dead places where, yeah, the fish are in the flowing area, but they ain't here because this is dead. Don't let there be any swamps or marshes in your life church along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food their leaves will not and their fruit will not fail they will bear fruit somebody say every month that's supernatural that's supernatural trees don't do that in the natural this is god's supernatural provision in our life 
Because their water flows from the sanctuary, their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. You won't lack in the river. Amen. Oh, number four, supernatural abundance. You know, we heard the word of the Lord from Pastor John on the first Sunday of this year. Increase. Increase. And I'm not just talking about your bank accounts being filled. I'm talking about God's supernatural provision that flows into every area of your life. And 1 John 3 says, as your, may you prosper in health as your soul prospers. You see, your soul prospering is way more important than a full bank account. Are you invested in soul prosperity this morning? Ooh, we work hard to keep the coffers full and all that, but this soul matters more. This is what lasts. This is what goes on to eternity. Supernatural abundance and fruitfulness. You experience the fullness of God's joy. And he says, increase fruitfulness and provision in your lives. Look for and believe the Lord to bring about miraculous provision, even amid economic crisis. I'm not here to tell you this morning that the stock market's going to keep going up and we're going to just see great job report and all that stuff. That is not what this is about. This is about God providing for his people as he always does in the midst of every season. Every month there's fruit. Every month there's fruit. When you trust in him and you acknowledge him, he will direct your path and he will provide according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm trusting him, but it ain't showing. God's got timing. He'll show up. He'll show up when he needs to. Don't you worry. Praise God. Can we have this worship team come? So here's the invitation this morning. Church, it's to go deeper. You may be in different places this morning. And we all are. We're walking from ankle deep to waist to knee deep. To waist deep. But God's calling us into the deep end. Deep waters. Deeper and deeper and deeper. Deeper in the word. Deeper in the prayer. Deeper in our prayer. Deeper in our devotional life. Deeper in our trust of him. Deeper. Even this. Everything in the kingdom of God. You go deeper in the gifts of the spirit as you trust to obey and walk in them. Exercise them. Exercising faith brings you to a deeper level of faith. We're not just hearers of the word this morning. Here's the challenge. But we are doers. Doers. Responding. Doing what he's asked us to do. Now, I don't know about you, church, but if there's anyone here this morning, you say, Lord, I want to go deeper in you this year. I want to go deeper in you this year. You might even be on the shore. You may not have even stepped into the calling and purpose of God in your life yet. But he's saying, come in. The water is good. The waters are good. The waters are ready. 
It's a place of healing. It's a place of transformation. It's a place where God does deep work in our life. Can you stand with us this morning, church? Some of us have already made New Year's resolutions that you already failed. It's January 16th, you already failed. Anyone? (laughs) I could say I've already failed one. Oh, man. Thank God for his grace and mercy. I get back up and I keep going after Jesus. I believe the response this morning because... He says this, he will keep what we have committed to him. So we can't, how do you respond to an invitation? Do you RSVP? He will keep what we have committed to him. And I believe this morning he's challenging you. He's, he's encouraging you. Will you commit yourself to a deeper place with me this year? If you've been on the shore and you say, I need the pastor, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to actually get in the water. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Get in the water. Maybe you've been in the uh, feet wet stage. The Lord's saying, I'm calling you to a deeper devotional prayer life with me this year. I want to take you deeper. And you're going to get down to the knees place of encountering him in a new way in prayer making time for him this year letting him speak to you letting him pray through you letting him do a work through your prayers you see the river is dependent on the prayers of people who are yielded to that say I've been in the knee place and I believe I'm God's calling me to get waist deep. Walk in the spirit-filled life. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. We'll pray with you. Whatever it is, you know where. Ask him right now, Holy Spirit, you measure. Holy Spirit, you measure. And I'm going to, I want to go deeper. Show me where I'm really at this morning. And you see, he brings conviction. It's not condemnation. Conviction is a, is a positive thing. He's saying, well, this is where you're at, but this is where I, I, you can be. What's that deeper look like for you this morning, church? And I wonder if there's some people who this morning would say, Pastor, I agree. I want to go deeper as a church, not just individually, but as a church. Would you come up here right now? Right now and just stand here and let's just agree together. Lord, let the river flow. Lord, let the river flow. Let the river flow. What do you want to commit to him this year? A deeper commitment. What is it for you? Father, you see this this morning. And Father, we are just believing right now for your river to flow and keep flowing. God, let the current and the force the healing waters 
the transformative waters Holy Spirit flow in this place right now we don't want to stay where we're at Lord your invitation we're responding to it this morning and we're saying we want to go with you we want to flow with you we want to be a part of what you're doing in this day and in this hour Lord, I thank you this morning that you are beginning a flow that's going to take us to a place of planting and growth. God, that you are establishing your people. Oaks of righteousness. Trees of righteousness, Lord. The planting of the Lord. Your planting. Not man's planting. Cannot be uprooted, but God, it's your planting that you're doing this year. And we're believing for it. We're believing there's some people who are outside who need to be planted, God. We're believing for it this morning together as a church. We're agreeing together, God. We're agreeing together this morning for healing and restoration in lives. Healings in families, oh God. Let the life-giving water of your spirit touch those dead places this morning. Flow, Holy Spirit. Flow, Holy Spirit. Come like a rushing wind. Lord, we're crying out for revival. We're crying out for souls. Oh, God, come on, church. Let's just plead. Let's plead for souls. Make us fishers of men, oh, God. Let us be directed at your word to cast the nets, O oh God, into the deep, to launch into the places of the deep. Lord, we're crying out for souls this morning. We're crying out for people in our community, for people in this area, Lord, to be saved, Lord, to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We thank you, Lord. You said, as I be lifted up, I will draw all men. You are drawing men to you right now, God. Help us to be part of your plan in this hour, oh God. Help us to welcome them and open our hearts to them as they come through those doors, as they come into our house, as they come in, as they cross our path in this grocery store, as they cross our path in the school campus. Oh God, help us to open our hearts to them and be obedient to your word. And God, I thank, thank you for supernatural abundance and fruitfulness this year. Fruit in every month. A new fruit in every month. And I declare it over your people this morning, God. The blessing of God. The blessing of God as our... Ooh, God. Prosperity of soul. Joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Lord, as, you, as your testimony of your, your, your disciples was, they were continually filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Let that be our testimony, oh God. Right now, just lift your hands to heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, continually filled with joy, continually filled with peace, continually filled with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Let's let it pour out on you right now, church. Hallelujah, receive it. Hallelujah, receive it, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're going deeper, oh Lord. We want to go deeper with you, Jesus. Woo. I don't know if we can sing that. There is healing in the waters. There is. Are we good? That work? 